Welcome to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Now, here's Body Life Pastor Terrence Ford. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 through 12. And because of that, I said all of that to say this. I won't be long today, amen. <laughs> there is a word from God. Exodus 3 verses 7 through 12. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, the Havites, and the Jebusites. When you get to that part, if you just say the Ike family, all right? Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Verse 12 So he said, God said, I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve or worship God on this mountain. You can be seated. For a moment today, I just, I want to talk to us today from the subject, God's not done. God is not done. God's not done. Will you say that with me in this atmosphere? God's not done. Say it one more time. God's not done. My my brothers and sisters today, God had a, a powerful plan on a man's life before he ever came into existence. Before he ever came into this world, God had a powerful plan on his life. Listen to this. Despite his sins, his flaws, his mistakes that he would go on to make, God created Moses with a call, with a bend, as some interpretations say, that preceded his very existence. We must remember that God told the prophet Samuel in 1 Samuel Chapter 16, verse 7, that man looks at the outward appearance, but God says, I don't operate that way. I look at the heart of a man. And even though David messed up in many areas of his reign, the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart because God is looking at that heart of a man. If we modernize and contemporize God's message to the prophet Jeremiah, God still speaks to us today and says the same message 
before you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you, and I ordained you. To the prophet Jeremiah, it was to be a prophet to the nations. To us, it's different as we go from person to person, but God still wants you to know Jeremiah 1 and 5 is still alive. Before you ever came into this world, God had a plan for you. God had a purpose for you. There's no mistake, babies. The sin may have been wrong if we did it wrong, but there's no mistake, children. God had a purpose, and God had a plan. Hallelujah, somebody. And so this entails our life's journey that we experience a lot of taking off and putting on. Every day of our lives, what we will we'll experience as Christians, taking off and putting on. Everybody say, I got to take off and I got to put on. You'll never be able to fulfill what God called you to do if you keep on what you got on. There's a lot of taking off. There's a lot of renewing of your mind. There's a lot of transformation that needs to take place in your life. You got to take some stuff off and, and, and then you got to put on the mindset of holiness and the mindset of righteousness and God, whatever you want, that's what I'm going to do. God still speaks to us today as we modernize and contemporize the scriptures in our lives. What he spoke to the Jewish people in exile in Jeremiah 29 and 11, that I know the plans that I have for you. That I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Your call precedes your existence. Listen to that. Your call precedes your existence and many times what becomes frustrating in your life or in your circle or sphere of life is the very thing that God put a key inside of you to unlock and fix. Most of the time, not necessarily all the time, but the things that frustrate you the most is something inside of you saying, fix it. Don't fuss about it. Don't talk a lot about it. But come up with solutions and fix the issues that you're looking at. Here's a thought for us today. While we are in our now, God's already in our future. God is never stuck on where we are. He's more so concerned about our design and our purpose as it pertains to where he's taken us to. Even though, yes, he is, the Bible says, an ever-present help in time of trouble. We know that, right? Because the scriptures do tell us that he would never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's here right now. Amen. The scripture says, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the earth. We know that. But the seasons that we endure and go through now is only for, listen to this, development for the assignment that he has on our lives for our immediate future. Let me say that one more time. I, I got to say that again because I, I need you to hear me. 
the seasons that we endure and go through now is only for development. Everybody shout development in the room. For the assignment that he has on our lives for our immediate future. So what you're dealing with and what you're going through is, watch this, it's making you. We used to sing a song in the old Baptist church, Thou art the potter. Anybody ever heard that before? I am the what? What does the potter do to the clay? You ever been on God's spindle? Ooh, it don't feel good sometimes. But he's making you into where he's trying to take you. Sometimes he bends you like you don't want to be bent. But he's calling you. He has a purpose on your life. He has an assignment on your life. And, 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 and he's good at not, he didn't make us robots. We're free moral agents. But he's good at letting life situations just fall before us. To get us to where he wants us to be. If you don't believe me, come here, Jonah. Talk to us in this room today, and Jonah tell you, yeah, he called me to go to Nineveh, but I rebelled. <laughs> and I wanted to go somewhere else because I didn't want God to deal with those people. And God created a great big fish one time in church. There was an argument that it had to be a whale. I said, no, if God wants to create a fish big enough to swallow a man, how many of you know God can do whatever he wants to do? Hallelujah. So everything serves a purpose. All of Moses' life was building him for his defining moment in time in biblical history. And for our example today, it serves a purpose as a type in a shadow of what God does in and through every single one of us the only difference is the assignment for every one of us changes from person to person. We're not all the same, but we work for the same Lord, the same Jesus, the same God of the kingdom. And whatever he's asked you to do, I remember the psalmist said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Well, if you're a doorkeeper, just because I'm standing here in this podium don't mean I'm greater than you. We all are important to God's keeper, amen, to his kingdom, amen. Hallelujah. All of Moses' life was defining him. All of Moses' life was defining him. The threat to take his life as a baby was defining him. Being let go by his mama so he could live was defining him. Putting him in a basket and letting him flow down the stream was defining him. Found by Pharaoh's daughter and raised in a stranger's home was defining him. 
And then we still see the hand of God all over this as his sister ran through the bushes. She might have been tripping over bushes and, and stomps in the ground and everything, but she was keeping her eyes on God soon to be 80 years later earthly instrument that God would use to save probably 2 million people out of bondage. It was defining him as the basket slowly flowed down the stream. Look at God. Somebody shout, look at God. Because when we think it's over, God said it ain't over yet. And when Pharaoh's daughter opens the basket, here's a screaming baby. And all of a sudden, Moses' sister jumps from behind the bushes and says, would you like for me to get a maiden to come and nurse the child? And Pharaoh's daughter said yes, and she runs and gets his mama and brings his mama that put him in the basket and let him go down the stream. And she comes and nurses her own child. And don't you miss it. I know Moses was a baby and he probably couldn't say a lot until he was a little bit older. But his mama, as she was nursing him, saying, oh, baby, don't you ever forget where you came from. Don't you ever forget who you are. Don't you ever forget whose you are. Don't you ever forget the God of Abraham. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and he's the God of Jacob. Don't you ever forget Moses. <laughs> Somebody shout, look at God. I feel a look at God anointing in this room right now. Somebody's going through something. Oh, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going through something in this room right now that you don't understand, but you are about to experience an aha moment. Look at God. Woo! Everything serves a purpose. All of Moses' life. But let's bring it home. All of your life serves a purpose. Everything you've been through serves a purpose. Everything you're going through serves a purpose. Everything you will go through serves a purpose in your life. Yeah. Life's experiences, yes. All the pains that you've had to endure, that we've had to go through it, the pain, the hurt serves a purpose, the neglect serves a purpose, the rejection serves a purpose. But God wants you to know today that he's working something behind the scenes that you can't even see right now. But you need to know even though you don't see him, he's working. And even though you don't feel him, he's working in your life right now. Somebody better shout and give Jesus some praise in this place that he hadn't given up on you yet. He's still working in your life. I wish I could run, boy. I tell you, I got a bad hip, but if I could run, I'd jump off this stage and run a lap right quick. Amen, somebody. Because God is still working in our lives. Moses may have thought that his life was nearly over on the backside of the desert. Uh, I wonder, have you ever been on the backside of the desert? Nobody sees me. Nobody knows my name. But I hear another song right now that says, he knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees each tear that falls and hears me. 
when I call. <laughs> Moses may have thought that his life was over as he passed time with sheep. As an octogenarian, he was 80 to 90 years old. He was 80 by this time, but the Lord was still preparing him. And by the way, let me pause for the cause to let everybody listening to me know today, I don't care how young you are and I don't care how old you are, God still has a purpose and a plan on your life. If you still have the breath of life inside of you, God's not done with you yet and God still wants to use you for something in his kingdom. He wants to use you. He gave Moses 40 years of uptown training in Egypt, followed by 40 years of downtown training in the wilderness. That's what was necessary to get the shepherd boy ready to lead the sheep out of Israel. Don't you miss that? Shepherd and sheep in the desert prepared Moses for leading two million folks out of bondage, come on somebody, to their next destination, to a land flowing with milk and with honey. Come on somebody in the room. Your downtime, your valleys are preparation. What you must do is you must capitalize on what you go through and what you endure and God will surely Hallelujah, promote you in due season. Moses' sojourn in the wilderness was the consequence of his murder. Yeah, old boy was a murderer. Of an Egyptian back in Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. But watch this, don't miss this. God is awesome at making a miracle out of a mess. Because somebody in this room, you think it's over. It's too late now. But God said, you don't know the God you serve. You think you know me, but if you really knew me, you would know I'm not done with you yet. Hallelujah. And so God shows up, calls your boy, and your boy, Moses, he has no confidence because he feels no competence. And this new assignment that God is calling him to, because you will never fully know what you can do until you fully know who you are. And Moses didn't know who he was. All I'm doing is tending sheep. That's all I'm doing. For my father-in-law, I'm tending sheep. But God says it was preparing you. It was getting you ready for your next assignment in life. And you need to always remember if God calls you, he will always equip you to do what he wants you to do. Now, don't miss it. That don't mean that that falls out the sky. Some of it is preparation on your end. Some stuff you got to get done yourself. Sometimes you got to put yourself in that pencil sharpener and let it grind. They meant somebody. And say, God, shed off anything that's not like you and put in me everything. Come on, somebody. Some stuff you got to read in a book. Some stuff you got to educate yourself on. Hallelujah, somebody. But it's all in preparation of what God wants to do in your life. Because the Lord is not mistaken in his identity. He's put on our lives. So Moses, Moses begins to make all these excuses. Moses begins to make all of these excuses. Come here, growth track. For those of you who've been through growth track, who am I? What if they, I have never, and you somebody else? And God says, no, boy, 
tag, you're it. I wish you'd touch your neighbor beside you and tell them, tag, you're it. Touch the neighbor on your other side and God said, God said, tag, you're it. <laughs> I have an assignment in the earth realm and I have chosen you. Okay, you ain't got no confidence, you're not competent in this. I'm gonna give you an instrument and I'm gonna give you a mouthpiece. What's that in your hand? Moses said it's a rod. God said, okay, let's get some practice on the backside of the desert. Throw it down. It turns into a snake. Grab it by its tail and pick it up. It turns back to a rod. Reach your hand in your bosom. Pull it out. It's leprous. Put it back in. Pull it back out. It's healed. Come on, somebody. God says all of that was preparation. I, I, I got to stutter, Lord. I can't talk good. Well, here's your brother. He's coming right now. Come on, somebody. He's your elder brother. He'll be your mouthpiece for you. Come on, touch somebody and say, there's no excuses in the kingdom of God. You run into folks and you're telling them, hey, won't you help out in the church doing it? I can't, I can't do that right now. No, no, no. Hey, won't you come on? Well, I can't do that neither. Come on. You ever run into no folks in church? Come on, somebody. Every time you ask them to help, I can't do that. Full of excuses. I want you to think about this. How much further, Elder Rob, would the kingdom of God be if all of us would get all in and just work? Come on. I'm not telling you because we teach in growth track. You can't do everything, but you can do what you do. And nobody can do what you do like you do it. Take note, church, what God says. Verse 8 in the text. Verse 8 in the text says, Therefore God said, I, God, have come down to rescue them, to deliver my children. But God doesn't merely determine the ends. He also determines the means. He was, he was ready to rescue his people, and, and he now explained to Moses how he was going to do it. Watch this. I'm going to deliver them. Don't miss it. God. God says, don't miss it. God says, I'm going to deliver them, but I'm going to use you to do it. See, how many of you know God can do everything all he wants to by himself? He don't need us, but he chooses to use us, right? <laughs> so he says, I am sending you, Moses, to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And as I think about this today, I can imagine Moses is nervous as I don't know what. He, he has that little stutter problem, and Aaron is his mouthpiece, but he's had that practice and he goes and stands before Pharaoh, and God has gotten him a look competent to go in his assignment that he's called him to. And he goes before Pharaoh, and he says, let God's children go that they may worship him. And we know what happens with all the plagues and all of these things. I'm not trying to preach that part. But what I am trying to preach is this. We know the story. He went on to pastor the world's largest first megachurch. But wow, 
Look at his journey of how, catch this, God got him there. Here's a man tending sheep on the backside of the desert, has no clue what God's going to do in and through him. Don't even know if God even wants to use him, but, but watch this. Don't miss it. I love the scriptures. The Bible says there was a burning bush, and Moses could have said, oh, a bush, and said, okay, I'm going to go on over here because I ain't going over there. But the Bible says Moses turns aside and goes towards. See, some of you ain't going towards God. Come on, somebody. God is speaking, and God is trying to get your attention, and he's letting stuff happen in your life, and you're going the other way. But God says, torn towards me and come towards me. Amen. Moses turns aside and walks toward God, and, and when he gets in the presence of God, God says, oh, stop. This place is holy. Remove that little one-inch sandal from your feet. Amen, somebody. Come on, that means get out of your flesh. Get all the flesh stuff out of you. That's, when we, that's why when we're fasting and praying, the first couple of hours is trying to get out of that flesh. Amen, somebody. <laughs> it reminds me of many of us today. The enemy has tried to discredit us and make us feel guilty based on our past. I'm getting ready to talk to some people right now. Amen. We're wrestling in our brain. It's World War me. <laughs> That God would never use somebody like me worried about what people got to say about you. And they don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. If I do this, I wonder what they going to say. No, you better be like, if I do this, I wonder what he going to say. I ain't worried about what none of y'all think about this message today. When I finish preaching, Lord, did I please you? You better hear me in this place today. Hallelujah. I'm worried about my, what my lead pastor got to say, but <laughs> come on. <laughs> if he say, Terrence, you flop, then I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> but we're wrestling. God would never lose somebody like me. Worried about what people got to say. And Moses is thinking, man, I've murdered somebody. God would never use me. And I've been running. I'm on the backside of the desert. God would never use somebody like me. But I hear the Lord reminding someone in this place today, those watching online, that his ways are not our ways and, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. God will use whomever he pleases, no matter how bad your past has been. If God in Numbers chapter 22 verse 28 opens the mouth of a donkey and the donkey talks, you can't tell me God won't use whoever he wants to use. Balaam's riding his donkey, and that donkey turns around and says, why you keep hitting me? <laughs> read your Bible if you ain't never read that one before. Amen. Yeah, a donkey talks in the word. Amen. Donkey. All right. All I'm trying to tell somebody is God is not done with you. <laughs> God is not done with you. And as I close the day, I want to speak to some people who have fallen and think that it's over. But Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says the callings of God are without repentance. The callings of God are irrevocable. If you've fallen, you need to genuinely repent of what you've done, shake the dust off of yourself, and keep on serving God because God is not done with you. 
Yeah, preacher, you don't know what I've done. God does, but he still says, I'm not done with you yet. I want to speak to those who are just tired. You've been leading and bleeding for a while now, and you've given up all hope. You feel like there's no gas left in the tank, but I feel an Ephesians 5.18 anointing in this room where it says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. God is getting ready to fill you up again. Amen, somebody. God is not done with you yet. Ah, I didn't preach myself tired now. Well, I'm going to go home and take a good old nap. I've only been up here about 20 minutes, right? I'm about done. Amen. God is about to give you a refreshing He's about to give you a refilling. He's not done with you yet. I want to speak to those who have no idea what to do. Keep on serving God. Keep on trusting God. He's the manufacturer of your life. If he made you, he know what he put inside of you. Go to him and say, God, what do you want me to do? He knows exactly what he's placed inside of you. And there's about to be a great reveal in your life. He's not done with you yet. Go ahead, rest on your feet with me today. You may think that it's over, but God not done with you yet. I stopped by this morning to let somebody know, I don't know who this is for, but if this is you, when I say this, you better run to this altar. You ready? Let me, let, me, let me go back and get in my queue again. You may think that it's over, but God's not done with you yet. I stopped by this morning to let somebody know. You ready for this? You got one more fight. That's you. You better come on. Somebody in this room, you think it's all over. God wouldn't, God says you got one more fight in you. <laughs> you got one more fight. You've been ready to give up. You've been tired. You've been struggling. Oh, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You got one more fight, man of God. You got one more fight, sister of God. God says you better step down here to this altar and get in on this anointing because I got a call and I got a purpose on your life. I have an assignment on your life. I'm not done with you yet. I'm not done with you yet. You got one more fight. You know, <laughs> Pastor Gabe and I, we were... We were in the green room, and I said, Gabe, I said, I said, I said, I wish I knew somebody that, any, let me ask this question, anybody in this room, because if it's you, I need you to come right quick. Anybody in this room knows how to fence? Anybody? Do I see any one person? I mean, anybody has practiced fencing? Anybody in this room? I don't see not one. Anyone? Any, any one person? Nobody's ever done fencing? Oh, I see a hand right here. Uh-oh. 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 
Do you still know some of your moves? You may not can move as fast as you used to, right? Come, come here for a moment. When I, when I was closing this message out, this is what God showed me in vision. A person that fences. Go ahead and get in your stance. It's been a long time, all right? You got your, you got your what you call it? Not sword, but what is it called? Whatever that's called. God said, now watch this. He said, okay, defense, 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 and then shh, attack. What's the attack? You, you've been on the defense, defense. God says, you got one more fight. He says, now attack. Come on, somebody. Defense. sister God bless you he says you've been on the defense but now I'm getting ready to put attack mode in you no you ain't fighting people we're up against the kingdom of darkness the Bible says in Ephesians 6 we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against rules of wickedness spiritual wickedness in high places all those different things hallelujah therefore take unto you the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand God says you've been on defense but now I'm putting an anointing in you to get ready to attack the kingdom of darkness come on to this altar if that's you today come on besides these that are here hallelujah you feel done. You feel like a dud. You feel like I have nothing left. You feel like I've messed up too much. You feel like God would never use me. You feel like God would never forgive me. You feel like I can't do anything. Every time I try to do something, I trip up and fall, I mess up. God says, yeah, I want to use you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings in person or online at 10 a.m. For more information or to watch our services online, please visit us at www.highpraises.org or check us out on social media.